Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to take a look at one of the most powerful chapters in the Old Testament from the book of Isaiah. Let's get started. It begins, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, Isaiah 53 is perhaps the most poignant declaration of the character and faithfulness of God the Son in all the Old Testament. And as with nearly all prophetic passages, it is spoken to the Hebrew nation. Well, nevertheless, because of the continued influence of what is called substitutionalism, it's a big name, it just simply is a false doctrine, it actually started by the influencers of the early church. Christians still often see it as spoken to themselves, that this chapter 53, the congregation of believers. Now, substitutionalism claimed that since the Jewish people did not receive their Messiah, the promises given to them throughout the Old Testament and their forefathers were nullified and were redirected to the church. Uh Uh-uh. God was not surprised by the rejection of his son. He is never surprised. His word speaks many times of how his salvation would be received by the Gentiles, and that the Jews, though first favored by God, would be the last to accept in mass his grace and enter his kingdom. So bearing that in mind, back to the passage, who believed Christ. John the Apostle wrote in John 1.11, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. His own people, especially the religious ones, did not, and they did not recognize the strength of his forgiveness, his mercy and restraint, even as they crucified him, and in the process mutilated and berated him. The passage says the arm of the Lord, and it always speaks of strength, but Christ's strength was in his humble obedience to the Father's will and his love for rebellious humanity. However, the evil and dark-hearted couldn't see it. For as it says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's John 1, 5. Well, Isaiah 53 continues, it says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Now, tender plant and root out of dry ground are both expressions of something fragile, certainly not hearty or strong in the eyes of men, simply becoming a man. God made his son vulnerable. Think of that. The wording also indicates that Jesus was always facing the Father as he grew. His entire life was dedicated to God Almighty. And when we read no form or comeliness and no beauty, the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that although his character was amazingly beautiful, his outward appearance was ordinary 
That is, the crowds did not surround him because he was handsome. Tell that to the jailheads and muscle-bound guys that preach from the pulpit today. God's intent was not to attract people to his son because of his bodily appearance. Rather, he wanted us to be attracted to the way, the truth, and the life. He wanted or wants us to value only the spiritual character, the eternal quality. For, of course, this is always God's way. The flesh profits nothing. See John 6, 63. Well, Isaiah 53 continues, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, sorrow should be understood to be sorrows of pain and grief, while acquainted should have been translated knowing by experience grief. Have you thought that God and or Jesus was stoic about death and the consequences of sin in this world? Think again. The reason Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb, the reason he he more than any man has carried painful grief is because he deeply loves everyone. Each person who dies without knowing him is yet another weight of grief that he carries. As he knows grief and painful sorrow more than we can imagine. Isaiah 53 goes on. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. Another, and perhaps better translation, would say, He lifted up our sicknesses and carried our pains and sorrows of grief. In other words, it seems that for every person He healed, He transferred the weight, if you would, of the malady along with its pain and sorrow to Himself. In fact, it could be that over time, this somehow weighed on him because the above verses say that we perceived him as stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. Now, I'm not suggesting that he became sick. No, nothing of the sort. Scripture says he lifted and carried these afflictions. Okay, this is a pretty radical perspective, but we do know from more than one gospel account that Jesus could tell when virtue or healing power went out from him. I can't be dogmatic on the particulars because this could be referring also to what he did on the cross. But it could also apply more broadly. Isaiah 53 goes on, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We are healed. Now, this part speaks clearly and specifically the cross of Calvary, for wounded, bruised, and stripes are clear descriptions of the beating he took. In addition, peace and healed refer to his glorious accomplishment, to our resulting eternal relationship with Almighty God. So, why would he do this in his life and death? He was utterly selfless because, as the passage goes on, all we like sheep 
have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Not some of us, or even most of us, all of us have strayed from God and are guilty of influencing others to do the same, to do our own thing, to walk according to the desires of the pernicious flesh embedded with sin in our DNA. In conclusion, these first six verses of Isaiah 53, along with the rest of the chapter, show us that contrary to the lies of Satan, God does love us and was and is willing to lift up and carry the weight, the debt of all our misdeeds. Praise his name. Now may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust him. Look for our next podcast and may you realize more of his grace today.